Welcome to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager here in the studios at Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. And I come to you today with a friend, Jeremy Nelson. And he's never been on this program before. Jeremy, where are you from? I am from Indianola, Iowa. Okay, and what brought you to Indianola, Iowa? And where in the world is Indianola, Indianola. Iowa? Indianola is south of Des Moines, about 20 minutes. Okay. And so just central Iowa. And I moved over there about eight years ago to pursue a job at a church through uh, my youth pastor, who uh, I had when I was growing up in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Okay, so you're actually from Kenosha originally. Yep. I was born in Minnesota, mostly lived in Kenosha in my formative years, and then went to Trinity International University in Deerfield, Illinois. Okay. now Just a little Midwest tour. Yeah, the the big question is, were you a Bucks fan? Are you a Bucks fan? Yeah, I'm a Bucks fan. So you were like rooting that. for him this year? Oh, yeah, they, they definitely. Won the whole thing. Yes, yeah. that was fantastic. You know, I, I am at the age where I don't want to watch the suspense, but I'd love to see the end. So, I, yeah. you know, was yeah. able to figure out the end, and oh, yeah. man, this is great. Yeah. I love the way Milwaukee did it, and I like the fact that Wisconsin can be this smaller community that mm. actually has some real high-level things yeah. in it. Me too. Green Bay, Milwaukee. It's yeah. Cool. Now, you've come back to camp here at Silverbridge Ranch. How many years have you been coming to camp? I've been talking about that. I think I started in 2002 Okay. with uh, basic training in sixth grade. So wow. was that almost 20 years? Yeah. 19? So, 18 years, yeah. And you keep coming back. And what is your position in Indiana, Indianola? Indianola. I am a youth pastor, although I'm soon transitioning to be a next-gen pastor overseeing basically birth through high school at our church. So I oversee the ministries. I meet with the different staff and make sure there's continuity and consistency across the board for families as we partner with them. That's a great idea because obviously there's a lot of places where those ministries don't um, – mesh very well yeah yeah they kind of uh, overlap and kind of make it overwhelming for sometimes you can make it overwhelming for families too much to do but we're trying to do better and be more uh consistent in our language and communication and what we offer to parents to help them you know i love that idea and i, I would encourage parents that are listening if you're if you are attending a church and you really should be um one of the things you want to look for is that not everything is in its own silo. It's not all doing their own thing. Yeah. That there's some kind of continuity from, you know, beginning all the way through when you get older. And uh, so I appreciate you doing that, Jeremy, because I think in churches that's really something missing. And a lot of churches, not wrong. I, I love using volunteers, and you have these yeah. volunteers. But, they're, you know, when I ran a youth group in uh, third through fifth grade, mm. I was really into that youth group. Yeah. You really need somebody to step in and say, let's make sure we're going this direction because this is where we're headed. And I would gladly comply with that. Mm -hmm. But if I didn't have that direction, I'd be going my own direction. Yeah. Yep. We work at doing that. And we got uh, five pieces of strategy that we try to do. And one of them is partnering with parents. That's probably the primary one that we're trying to develop because we see parents as the supposed to be the primary disciplers of the next generation. And so getting them to see that uh, in their own minds and start to build on that in their homes. It's weird at first, but it's, it is really, really amazing to see when that really happens in the home. Now, that's so. really important, but let me ask you, is that, are those just words, or what do you do to help engage parents? Because I can hear the goal. Mm-hmm. I would agree with the goal. Yeah. I've heard this goal before. Yeah. What are you doing to engage them? Mm-hmm. We have done, we're really working on it over the last three or four months uh we've 
had one staff member start to oversee that area and try to build that up and gather information from different ministries and what they're doing. What we're hearing is uh, building relationships with the parents is really important uh, to give them someone to talk to about what's going on in their home. And then we try to give out resources, not too many, because you give too many resources. And they... uh, they just kind of get overwhelmed with all the options and just don't do any of them. So just give a few resources uh, at a time. And then the main goal is to give them tools and um, opportunities for conversation with their uh, children. We call them students. Um, And if they can start that conversation and continue to have a conversation throughout their years, that's when the disciple making starts to happen in their home. So giving them resources and tools to talk about different topics along the way and then giving them a little bit of time and training on the different topics as well yeah that's great i I hope if you're a parent listening you understand your your very significant role in your children's life you are the one Mm -hmm. that's responsible for your children the church is not responsible for your children yep you know you are (laughs) and what the church can do is come alongside of you with all the different gifts and talents and abilities and and give you a, a you know encouragement be a catalyst Oftentimes, Jeremy, I see ministry yeah. more as a catalyst type of thing, not a not an answer, yeah. but a spurrer. If mm-hmm. it, being Western horses, you're going to spur them on. So yeah. to be a spurrer, which is my wife doesn't like when I make up words. <laughs> I like it. I all do right, that all the time. but because you know we need to make sure that things are being done the way they're supposed to in the home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and so I encourage you. That is a a great focus. And I think any church leader that's listening, let's get on that bandwagon. Yeah, definitely. And I would encourage any church leaders listening and parents, uh, well, I guess church leaders first, make time for those conversations and make yourself available. And then parents and volunteers and whoever in the church, know that your pastors and staff are not too busy to spend time with you and to talk to you. Right. I've heard that some from even people we've hired on to our staff that uh, just grew up or have been going to our church for a long time, they they said, it seems like you're so busy, we don't want right. to bog you down or bother you. But really, that's like what we do. We're there to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Right. So that's that's our primary goal. And if, they're too, if we're too busy, we're missing out on what we should be doing. Yeah, you know, a lot of times I'll talk to some young people and they'll come to me and say, you know what, the... the um, uh, the older guys, maybe myself or somebody else, it, we're just not sure you're that interested in our lives. Mm-hmm. And I'll ask them, I'll say, D- did you show any interest in those people? Mm-hmm. You know, whoever you're talking about, did you go talk to them? Did you sit by them? Did you, did you ask any questions to them about anything in life? Yeah. Because here's <laughs> what you understand. When you get to be my age, if people don't ask you for your opinion, you're lecturing them. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so you're quieter. But if they really want to know what you're thinking, all they have to do is sit for a moment and talk to you. Mm-hmm. But if they're going to avoid that, then you can't help them. Yeah. And I think sometimes that's a, a, an excuse or something for people where uh, they're saying, you know, you're so busy, you're so important, I don't want to talk, you know, it's just me. Yeah. Are you kidding? <laughs> we're, we're only successful in life if the family's successful. Yeah. And And we need to be people who understand that modeling Christianity in the home is the most significant way that we can reach the next generation. Yeah. 
So model away. You know, let's go to it. And if you're having trouble understanding it, it's not programs. Yeah. Your program isn't going to change the world. Yeah. But the family living like they should would. Mm-hmm. And it's totally important agree. to understand that. Now, you come to camp for all those years. You're here this week. Your lead pastor's here? Yeah. And what's he doing here? Yeah, he is a middle school small group leader throughout the year. He's been doing that ever since he became the lead pastor. He was the youth pastor at a church, uh, moved up to be the lead pastor, and continued to work in the student ministry with us just as a volunteer. All right. Now, do you find that um, a little intimidating because he's there, or do you find that encouraging and exciting? What, what is, I mean, here the lead pastor is coming mm-hmm. in. He's, he's the guy you answer to, I assume. Yep. And, yeah. and he's working with you. Mm-hmm. We have a unique relationship, him and I do. We're almost best friends. Well, no, we're not almost. We are best friends. Okay. And so that's helpful where it's not intimidating, and he still is very encouraging and helpful and supportive of what we do. We have a pretty long leash, I guess you could say, in student ministry to try new things and to uh, attempt something out of the box and new and even fail at things just to try to reach students in a different way. So I think it's awesome that he's there. He's part of the elder board as the lead pastor, and so we've got just a voice that goes to that and helps direct the church, and um, he's in the midst of the programs that we're doing. So he sees what a middle schooler is going through, and then he regularly talks to the parents too, and so he knows what they're going through as well, and it really, I think, impacts and influences how he preaches and leads our church. Yeah, you know, that's. Awesome. I, I think, again, that's critical. The yeah. long leash is critical. Yeah. I, and one of the rules I had years ago when we started here at camp is let's work the plan we have while we make a better plan, mm-hmm. And which means you're, you're going to find things that don't work along the way. Mm-hmm. Go back to the very basics in life. There are some things that you really need to know work, and one of them is, you know, you need to love God, you need to love people, you need to, if I'm a married man, I need to love my wife like Christ loves the church. We know yeah. the simple stuff, so let's make sure we're doing that. Mm-hmm. The methods are not sacred. The methods are something you challenge because they change from generation to generation yeah. how you reach people. Um, my dad, who is, if anyone knew him, you know, he's Mr. King conservative, as I am probably. <laughs> um, he was one of those that started the Iwana Youth Association. His best buddy and his mentor was Art, the guy who started it, and, you know, wow. those kinds of things. So he, you know, always, always working with young people, always working with with uh, children in a way where he came up and spent time at camp, both working with them, counseling them, directing them. Mm-hmm. He was the model for it. Yeah. I see that in you and your lead pastor. You're being the model for the kids. I want to encourage you, don't ever change that. There's no way to teach people through lecture. You can teach them if they want to learn. Mm-hmm. But the best way to teach people who aren't ready to learn is model it. Yeah. And model it in front of them where they have to ask, why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. Why do you care? Yeah. Um, so it's really cool. modeling is very important. There's no way, I think, that we can change the dynamic or the direction of the world we're in right now if, um, if we're not willing to model what we talk about to people. Yeah. Um, young people, see if you have this summer experience, there's a lot of young people that come to camp or Nicolay Bible Institute, and really their their worlds have been somewhat of a wreck. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, whether it be family or, or whatever. They've been abused. They've been hurt. They've been, yeah. you know, in the culture that we live. And 
this is in their memory, their their minds, and so they have a really hard time because it scars them mm-hmm. as far as trusting anybody. It yeah. scars them as far as uh, moving forward and trusting that God loves them. Mm-hmm. And and they look to me or one of their teachers or somebody mentor them and say, you know, I how do I do this? Yeah. If somebody came to you and said, my past, it, they wouldn't say it this way, but you're understanding. My past is so shaded. Mm-hmm. I can't move forward. Mm-hmm. How would you help them? Hmm. I would start by um, one of the big challenges just with this generation right now, and even my own is where or what you find is the truth. Like uh, if you determine that God is creator and God is sovereign over all things, then he's the one who right. kind of makes the rules. Right. So if... If that's your truth and you believe that that is true, then it, it all has to flow out of what he says. Exactly. But if it's not that, uh, it's hard to find a definite truth or an absolute truth, as a lot of people call it, uh, to hold on to. And so first, we kind of got to determine where they're at and then try to show them how God's way is a trustworthy way that is consistent throughout the ages and consistent through generations. And he has showed up for a lot of people who have been broken on their own and have caused a lot of brokenness. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the story after story in the Bible is there's a lot of brokenness and God comes through to save or to fix or to heal or to help. And so finding a way to relate their story to God's story of what he does in the world yeah. and show them that God truly does love them. He's there for them. He cares for them and that we're going to walk alongside them and we'll have someone there with you throughout the process of healing. Um, and I'm a big believer in finding professional help uh, as appropriate. I go to a counselor for therapy about, I don't know, once every three or four months, depending on what's going on, we'll do it more often. But I think that's really helpful just to talk through things. Um, just like you were saying before, to have a mentor or right. someone. I have a men's group that I meet with as well. So that's what I do for myself, men's group, therapist, talk to my wife and my close friends, my lead pastor, and ask for help from them. But then for a student or a parent or a family person that needs help, just know, help them to know that we're, we're with them and they're not alone in it because yeah. that's the biggest fear is that I'm alone. I feel shame and I'm weird for having this happen to me. Yeah. And it's easy to think that it hasn't happened to anybody else, but a lot has happened in the world. So yeah. it's probably happened before what's happened but to I you. I think that's really wise of you to do that, actually, because there's a different dynamic in churches mm-hmm. in that you can go and talk to anybody that's within your church or like mm-hmm. here, the ministry. Yep. However, you also work with them. Yep. It's really important that you have an outside Mm-hmm. person to talk to okay. that's not in that group mm-hmm. that loves God that will help steer you you know I've told people years some people think you know camp is this magical place they can come to and it's always perfect for them and all that stuff and it's yeah. like well no it, it actually is full of people and every person I ever met is sinful and they'll do stupid things from time to time okay. however that's not the goal but it's mm-hmm. there not only that I encourage people you know our ministry which is not a church yeah. is not a church so understand that you need to be involved outside of here because yeah. there's a dynamic in place here that isn't in place other places. Yeah. You work here, you serve here together, and, and you can encourage each other and be great examples for each other, and you should be. Mm-hmm. 
But you also need that outside connection to every once in a while look at a 30,000-foot view of whatever you're doing, mm-hmm. that maybe the people here still have their faces all against the elephant, so it's all gray and ugly. So it's mm-hmm. one of those things where I, I commend you for it, and I encourage anyone to make sure that they have these disconnected points yeah. at places. Yeah. You know, I found a, a, a change in place and a change in pace will usually uh, change your perspective. So you, yeah. you, you go do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why people come to camp, actually. I mean, you, you get this weird five days, six days, and it's like, my goodness, the stuff that happens in those days. Yeah, because a change in place and a change in pace usually challenges your perspective. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, you need to respond to it. Yeah. So that's kind of fun. Uh, what what you were talking about too earlier is you know when a child when a young person comes to me and they're confused, yeah. it's like yes, um, and and I'll ask them, do you know why you're confused? No. Well, because it's not the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. And then we go, what do you mean? Well, that's what I mean. The only thing you've experienced is broken, how it's broken, not yeah. how it's not how it's supposed to work. Mm-hmm. So now you're looking at it going, I don't want that, but I don't know what I want because you haven't seen it. It goes right back again to the example in the model. Young people need to see purity modeled. They need mm-hmm. to see love modeled. You're a father of a boy or girl? Girl. Girl. Yep. Six months old. Six months old. And you will be a protective father of that girl. Yeah. Any young man down the road that wants to date that girl, <laughs> you yeah. know, they are going to need to treat her right. Mm-hmm. That's what you're going to say. Yeah. My question is, are the parents of those sons right now modeling what that means? That's a good good question that I have not thought about. And <laughs> that's the motivation for someone your age to even work with parents of children <laughs> your daughter's age. Yeah. And say, you know, in how many years my daughter will be an age where she's checking these guys out, they're checking her out. How do I know she'll find a young man that actually knows how to respect? And, and how will she know how a woman is supposed to be treated? She's going to watch you. Yeah, that's a good point. She's going to see how you treat your wife, her mother. How is a mom supposed to, how's a, how's a woman supposed to respond to a husband? Mm-hmm. She's going to learn that by watching. Yeah. And you think of all the broken homes that these kids are in and the things that they've seen and that's part of the reason why there's such a an issue with trying to get healthy dynamics in a home again. So I guess as a youth worker, I encourage you and, and others and who are involved in youth ministry, you really need to immerse youth ministry with people who, who love God and are willing to be an example of what it looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, the kids always make fun of me because I'm always talking to them about uh, illustrations of marriage, and I've been married over 40 years, and eventually it's like, okay, Dave, we understand. But but the bottom line really is, when you find that that's a unique thing, yeah. when, when I still love being married after 40 years, when I'm still dedicated to my wife after 40 years, it's like, okay. If nothing else, those who unique. haven't seen it go, yeah. okay, what does he know? Mm-hmm. Because every one of us really want that, but yeah. we don't think it's even possible, mm-hmm. you know, to do. So I, I think if, if youth ministries could get focused or refocused, if you want to call it, on 
All right, the dynamic really is they get all these examples given to them in media, television, movies, whatever mm-hmm. it is. This is where their brain is filling up on things. If, yeah. if they could get the dynamic of a marriage that works, yeah. where would it take them in the future? Yeah. Um, I use my dad as an example. He, his dad was an alcoholic and one of those mm. bad ones who beat his kids. Oof. So he didn't have um, a background at all. He didn't have a Christian background. He grew up in the inner city of Chicago. He was a fighter. I mean, that's his background. Wow. Eventually, uh, what he said, so I'm not being politically incorrect here, an old lady on the street, um, <laughs> could have been my age for all I know, yeah. but an old lady invited him to Sunday school. He went to Sunday school, and that's where he came to know Christ. And eventually, wow. um, he went to this youth work over at the Northside Gospel Center that they had, and the youth pastor there was Art Rohrheim, who eventually founded, you know, Oana. And, and Art became his dad in many respects mm-hmm. because of the modeling of both ministry and the modeling of, of marriage. And the mo- He didn't have any of that. Yeah. He had zero. His dad was an alcoholic, could care less about anybody else in life. Half the time was roaming the country on a train because mm-hmm. he was one of those bums that get on a train and go somewhere. Wow. Um, his, his older brother was an alcoholic, um, you know, and you go down and you see his family dynamic. Yeah. It's very interesting because there was a man who became an example to him of hope. Yeah. And from that, my dad started three different camps, pastored two different churches, started two different schools because of the fact that he had a guy in his life who mentored and and modeled the idea that you always take care of children. You always make mm-hmm. it so that children can know who God is. You yeah. always do what you need to. And Awana Youth Association came out of that. Yeah. And again, I don't know where they are today and that kind of thing, but they, they yeah. came out of that mm-hmm. background and, and many of us have been affected by that. So oh, yeah. um, till the day that Art Rohrheim died, and I think he was close to 100 when he died, or maybe 100. Wow. He would call me on the phone and, and mm. we would talk because I was like his spiritual grandson in <laughs> many respects. That's pretty cool. And that's the, the, the fun part of seeing something. Yet were there messages and lectures? Sure, but you don't you don't build your life around lectures. Mm-hmm. You build your life around example. Yeah. And so what do you think of people of your church? There, there's adults at your church. Mm-hmm. They might tell you they have nothing to offer the youth. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there thinking, do you love your spouse? Yeah. Maybe you have something to offer the youth. Mm-hmm. Maybe you need to, you know, go yeah. on a picnic with some kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or maybe because some of them have never seen um, a spouse not argue. Yeah. Yeah, we, we try to uh, encourage our youth group leaders to not, like, add youth ministry when they're volunteers there not add it into their life as an extra thing, but invite students into their lives as much as possible to see them like walking through town, going to a restaurant, doing things at home with the rest of their family. So they can exactly what you're saying. They can lead these students to, to see what it looks like to actually just live a life as a Christian and not just do it at church on Sunday or Sunday night or Wednesday night or whatever, but see it throughout the week. That is really important and some leaders do that really well and it shows with their group they they stick around they're bought in they see god at work 
uh, through trips like this up to Silver Birch or whatever retreats we do, and then also in the home and throughout the week, they start to see God in different ways, and it's really, really beautiful yeah. thing. You know, one of the philosophies here at Silver Birch Ranch has been that what we want, like if you come up with a group of young people, whatever age they are, mm-hmm. that you get to spend time playing with them. And so oh, yeah. instead of having the philosophy where you have to come up and you have to teach the horseback riding and you have to teach the archery, and you, what we'll do is we'll, we'll get staff people to do that mm-hmm. so you can go horseback riding and you yeah. could go on tubing behind a boat or you can go because, it's, again, it's those moments. Um, what I've told so many yeah. parents before, it's the significant other adult relationship that you're looking for, mm-hmm. the one that, that will back what the Bible says, but not in your family. Because mm-hmm. every child at some point looks for that. Yep. And they'll either take it off the internet, they'll take it from school, they'll take it from some musician or some hot, somewhere. Mm-hmm. So make sure that you as a church, as an individual, understand uh, you know, the significant adult relationship is very critical. And you know, I need to be an example to the children of what it looks like. Yeah to care for them. So it's okay for me to go horseback riding, be bored sick because <laughs> I'm not, I'd rather be out there racing the horses and just hear them and talk with them and be a part of their life. Mm-hmm. Now, when they later wanna talk about spiritual things, I'm the one they talk to. Yes. Because I laughed with them. Mm-hmm. And we did silly that. things. Yeah. And so, you know, I applaud your use of camp, but I, I, again, it reinforces exactly what we've been talking about. You want to be in youth work. Mm-hmm. You want to have a church that works. It's got to be more than than lectures on Sunday and lectures at youth work. Yeah, you have to have a bigger thought process in how this fits into the whole picture. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyone can do that. And and you could challenge your youth pastor or your church organization to listen to what we're talking about today and and mm-hmm. just how do we have a philosophy that goes from Bef- you know, before you're born, yep. till 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 you die, yeah. and and how do we employ each of those, if you want to call it, into the service um, yeah. that's there? Yeah, that's a really great opportunity we have that God has given generation after generation to reach the next generation. And I love what you're saying that fun leads to a better relationship, and a strong relationship leads to trust. And trust leads to open conversations and open doors into their lives, which yeah. is really, really cool. Yeah. We love that part about camp. Yeah. The, one of the most important things for anyone in ministry to realize is all of us are a little part of it. And I see mm. camp as the part that says, you know, if you forget us actually as an organization, we're okay. Mm. What we want you to remember is the relationships you developed here. Yep. And there's people that come here and say, this is a very special place. And it's, it's always because you develop relationships here. Mm-hmm. Not because there's rocks on the ground. You know, I mean, <laughs> there's canoes, but you can go to canoes anywhere. Yeah. So what makes it special? It's, it's that somebody looked at you and said, I care about you. I'm going to spend some time with you. Mm-hmm. If I could encourage, again, the adults that are listening, spend time with children, yeah. laughing, playing, having fun. Um, I keep a, a, a big puppet, and if, if kids come over to my house, I'll pull it out, and I'll play ventriloquist, and I'm terrible at it. <laughs> but I found 30 years it's a great thing to do. They laugh at me, and for the rest of their life, they remember, they, isn't, I, I named him Ronald Ewald, and they all say, where's Ronald? You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> that's awesome. It, it's, it's a dumb thing. Yeah. 
but they like the fact that I can be human and laugh with them and play with them. And mm-hmm. it opens doors later in life. Yeah. And they can be around someone who's not threatening to them. Yeah. Well, thanks, Jeremy. We, yeah. we, uh, our time went very quickly, so um, we'll see if we can do another one of these. But we uh, are coming to you from the studios at Silver Birch Ranch. This is Younger Older. We thank you for listening. If you want more of these, you can go to silverbirchranch.org and download them.